Six people were killed and 12 others were injured in what local news outlets are calling Sacramento's deadliest mass shooting ever. The tragic massacre unfolded around 2 a.m. and involved five potential shooters on April 3rd, 2022. And the crazy thing about it, y'all, the six victims were dead in under four minutes. Six victims and 12 others injured, so 18 victims total, four minutes. So today we're going to be talking about what sparked the mass shooting, how many victims were collateral damage, have the assailants been caught, and what the motive was. I'm Ms. Shalay Graham. And I'm Amanda Washington. Welcome back to The Point of No Return, a podcast produced under Mandy and Mitch Media. TPONR is a true crime podcast focused on cold cases, murder, and mystery. Mandy and I, the two Black women masterminds behind this show and the company that produces it, are exploring cases in Sacramento, California. Welcome to season two. Let's get into it. Okay, we're going back in time. It's April 3rd, 2022, which is about a year and some change ago by the time you guys hear this episode, which seems like it was yesterday, but nah. So we're in downtown Sacramento near 10th and K Streets, which is just blocks away from California State Capitol and also within probably walking distance of Golden One Center, which is where the Kings play. Okay. It was around 2 a.m., so you can guess that the crowd outside was wrapping up from an eventful night of bar and club hopping. It's a little different now, and it's always changing when I go back home, but K Street used to be owned, used to own and run the nightlife scene in SAC. So if you were on K Street, people knew you was, you was turning up pretty much. Okay. So the area is known for, for bringing a lot of club goers. Okay. It's like so telling somebody in BC, you're going to U Street. Literally H the Street. Same. Okay. Yes. All right. Gotcha. Yes. I would equate it to U Street. Like U Street, like H Street, H Street is up there, but like as far as liveliness and people being outside, it's like that type of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Heard yeah, you. For sure. For sure. Okay. It's around closing time, um, mm-hmm. in which in Sacramento is 2 a.m. It's not like D.C. where you get until 3 a.m. to party, and it's definitely not like New York where you get until 4 a.m. So it's 2 a.m. <laughs> Everything's closing down, which means last <laughs> okay. call was probably 1.30, and now people are outside parking lot pimping. So around closing time between 10th and K Street, a fight breaks out, and gunfire shortly follows. Police were in the area, and Sacramento police, all the reports will say police responded immediately to aid the victims. While they did, it wasn't because they were getting calls about about the mass shooting. It was because y'all love it on K Street. Y'all already hanging out there waiting for something to to pop off. Y'all asses better have walked right over. Like, are you kidding me? So there are 18 victims in total, six um, six of which died from their injuries on the scene. The other 12 victims were taken to local hospitals. Wow. So I'm going to list off the victims and their ages to start. And we're and we're doing things a little opposite this time because in order for you to understand, I'm going to give you all the background and, and some, some words from one of the victim's mothers. And then I'm going to get into the suspects and arrests because it kind of intertwines with the victims. Okay. So, Jontea Alexander, 21. Melinda Davis, 57. Sergio Harris, 38. Joshua Hoy, 32, Yamil Martinez, 21, and Devasia Turner, 29. Three men and three women. So, Sergio's mother, Pamela Harris, received a call around 2.30 a.m. that her son was one of the victims who was killed. She heard from from a from a, either a bystander or someone that was in the area because she was downtown within 30 minutes. So she went downtown to check out the shooting scene herself. She says Sergio was a husband and a father of two. Here's a statement from her. 
My son was a very vivacious young man, fun to be around, liked to party, have fun, smiling all the time, didn't bother people. For this to happen, it's crazy. This is what she told reporters at the scene. I'm just to the point right now, I don't know what to do. I don't even think this is real. I feel like it's a dream. So I remember this, this, the feeling around this mass shooting so vividly. Mm -hmm. One, of course, I was hearing about it all over the place. But two, there are videos released on Twitter that showed crowds of people scattering through the downtown streets, running away wow. from rapid gunfire. And in the, in, in the beginning, police didn't know, like, was there an event? Was there a concert? Was mm -hmm. it a specific club people were at? Were they all just gathered outside? Like, how did this happen? Yeah, what's tea? Yes. So I'm going to get into the suspects and arrests and kind of tell you what we know up until this point about what happened that night. Okay. So a stolen handgun was recovered near the crime scene, along with hundreds of pieces of evidence. That's what Sacramento Police Chief Kathy Lester said at the time. Hundreds, oh, hundreds. of pieces of evidence. They cut off, blocked off about four blocks um, downtown mm -hmm. that, that morning after 2 a.m. into the wee hours of the day. But they were also so confused and conflicted with, with what went down. They actually left the victims' bodies on the ground for a couple of hours while they tried to figure out oh, what happened. Wow. Yes. So when I watched a few videos and saw the bodies drop, like literally, Amanda, they were all scattered in one specific area, like one, literally one block. Like there's a stoplight. You see like a couple bodies on the sidewalk, about two in the street. You can see like one getting away. All six bodies were right there. And then you see different victims scattered a couple blocks here and there. Okay. And I'm going to get into how that could have potentially happened. So police automatically, from evidence found at the crime scene, assumed that there were multiple shooters. They assumed that there were at least five, and they recovered mm. roughly 100 bullet casings. 100 oh, bullet they casings. was blasting. And remember I told you all of this happened in a matter of four minutes, probably four minutes total gunfire. Yeah, this is getting targeted. They was looking for somebody. Right, right. So Lester described the, the crime scene. That's the police chief. Kathy, okay. she described the crime scene as complex and complicated. And the bodies were on the ground for hours, I told you, as they tried to piece together what happened. Like, who was involved? Who was, who was really connected to the crime? What could have really happened? Why these six people? Why the 12 others? Like, was it targeted? Was it not? What really happened? So police were using video footage on social media to kick off their investigation, which to me is just every time I read that, I'm always amazed. Like, imagine if we didn't have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like, what would be the starting point for police officers in their research? Like, even in our research for the show, one of the first things we do is go and see if there's any other old social media accounts up from, yep. the victim, from the victims, from the suspects, just to see what was said around those days. So the fact that they started yeah. there and... I was reading a KCRA three article, literally time stamped, was able to time stamp the entire night because of pictures, videos found on social media and, and acquiring some videos from some stoplights in the area. But for the most part, it was all stuff that the news outlet on, on Twitter. Wow. Yep. Okay. So on April 4th, which is a day after the shooting, the first three arrests were made. So 26-year-old DeAndre Martin was arrested, 27-year-old Smiley Martin was arrested, and 31-year-old Davion Dawson was also arrested. So I'm going to break <laughs> down, and I practice all these names, honey. I already know these some brothers, ain't it? <laughs> I'm going to break down and give you a few details about them. Okay. So DeAndre was arrested after police connected another gun they found at the scene to him. So it was a gun that was either registered to him or had fingerprints on it, something of that nature. They were able to automatically connect it to DeAndre. Smiley, who was DeAndre's older brother, 
um, was also connected to the crime scene. The siblings were both injured in the shooting as well. So police connected Smiley to a Glock 19 handgun that had been transformed into a machine gun with full auto fire. So he turned it out. <laughs> he, I mean, he he turned yeah. that motherfucking little gun out. And, and, and so I'm like, if you had that ready and you brought that downtown, you had plans. Like, you had plans. How did they trace the gun back to him, though? It was it was a legal gun that he turned into a machine gun. So the gun was discovered at the scene, yes, and he freaked it, basically. So I'm pretty sure the gun was registered to him. What an idiot. <laughs> and it was confirmed that it was fired by him during the shooting. Okay. So I'm telling you, when I saw the stoplight, like, photos, like, of, like, the captures from different stoplights, like, yeah. you see him, you see him with the joint. And then you don't see, like, when he drops it or anything, but, like, you see it in his hand and he was identified. Okay. So we're going to call the last victim Davey for short because Davion is doing too much. So Davey <laughs> was arrested, but Davey posted a $500,000 bail the next day. So Davey got out on April 5th. Davey's also a criminal. Davey was locked up for possessing a gun that night that I'm pretty sure wasn't registered to him. But okay. it's, it doesn't say, it doesn't say, Davey was the only, I'm going to tell you right now, Davey is the only suspect in the situation that doesn't get charged with murder in connection to to the mass shooting. I'm not sure okay. how, not sure how this person got off. I'm assuming because there was no further evidence found near the crime scene, but this person got out of jail. Okay. Police automatically assumed the shooting was gang related, of course, with one side tied to Crips and the other tied to Bloods. So I'm going to tell you about our fourth and final suspect who was arrested. This is 27 year old Matula Tashambi Payton. Matula, M T U L A. So I didn't make this up. That's that, that's that man's name, Matula. Matula got at the tool. Yeah. <laughs> Matula was arrested on May 28th. Matula's also from Vegas. So the brothers okay. were from Arizona. Matula was from Vegas. Um, Matula oh. was, yeah. So none of them were Sacramento residents. They were also, they were downtown though, which I just find it, so, maybe, maybe it's because I know Sacramento was like, I'm not going from Vegas or Arizona to go kick it in downtown Sacramento. But then again, maybe yeah. they got friends, maybe they got family, maybe they got business out there that I don't know about. Yeah. So Matula, DeAndre, and Smiley were all charged with three counts of murder in connection to the mass shooting. If you heard me correct, I said only three counts of murder. We had six victims. Six people did, yeah. Six people did. So they were only charged for three of the deaths. That's 21-year-old Jontea, 57-year-old Melinda, and 21-year-old Yamil. The three assailants weren't charged with Sergio, Joshua, or Deveja's death because the three were believed to be involved in the gunfight. So let's talk about this for a second. What do you think about that? <laughs> Technically, these people's murderers are in custody and should still be held accountable. But because they were two, they were criminals as well. No one's going to go away for their murders. This this is probably the most shocking thing I found in the case. So were there guns found in connection to the to so to the three that were probably involved in the shooting? The three suspects shot them too. So I, I can give you, so let me, let me walk you through a few minor details of the night. I tried to simplify this information as much as possible just to give you some, some light connections. Okay. So let's start with Devasia. So Devasia and Matula rolled together that night. So remember Matula's in custody, Devasia's now deceased. Mm -hmm. Sergio was solo, but he parked near the two. It could be assumed that he knew Devasia. He and knew Devasia and Matula. Yes. 
Okay. Joshua, Smiley, and DeAndre arrived downtown together. Remember, Joshua is another one of the. One you of the, told um, me I didn't need my damn notepad. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. You about to make it? You want me to back up? You want me to start over? Yeah, I need to make me a little chart, baby. Because I'm like, <laughs> that's too many names. Okay. Right. Okay. You're right. Start you're right. Maybe because I've been looking at it. Okay. And Matula. So. Okay, Devasia and Matula, they rolled together that night. So there's footage okay. of them getting out of the same car together. Okay? Then you have right. Serge, Sergio, who was solo, but parked near the two. So it can be assumed that he knew them. He parked literally right behind them a couple minutes after them. All right. Okay? Joshua, Smiley, and DeAndre arrived downtown together. Joshua rolled with the brothers, Smiley and DeAndre. So I've already told you the three, the other three victims, Sergio, Joshua, and DeVage, I already told you where they kind of lied in, in the situation of the night. At some point in the night, DeVage and Matula, they briefly chat with Joshua, Smiley, and DeAndre. So they see them across the street. They go and chat it up with them real brief, couple of seconds, then they go their separate ways. Okay. Sergio is later seen walking with DeVage and Matula. Mm -hmm. So Sergio, remember I told you he parked right behind them. Yeah. He was later seen walking with them. Okay. Okay. At some point in the night, there's a lot of footage of all of the parties involved, all the names I just said. There's some footage of them all pointing near one direction. Everyone's being told to go near K Street, the corner of K okay. and 10, right? As if something's either about to go down right there, we're meeting up right there. So when you're reading, when you're looking at the photos and you're reading like, Okay, so and so chatted on this corner. So and so chatted here. They all uh, at one point they all went to different bars from the night. It wasn't like anyone was following anyone, but they clearly were all familiar with each other. Okay. Yeah. They but all, it didn't they, seem like they was beefing for real at first. It didn't seem like they was beefing, but they was definitely beefing. Okay. Yeah. So when they get near, when everyone's directed to go this way, so different people are saying go this way. I mean, me over there. You know, I, and in the videos, mm -hmm. you literally see, you literally see the fingers point. When the shooting breaks out, all of the people who were conversing throughout the night are shooting at each other. So you have DeAndre, who was seen firing a gun at Sergio and DeVasia. So remember earlier in the night, DeVasia and Matula were seen talking to Joshua Smiley and DeAndre. Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing DeAndre, one of the brothers, firing a gun at Sergio and DeVasia. Okay. Police say Smiley, the other brother. Fired his gun at least 28 times that night. 28 times. Okay. Also, multiple sources identified Matula as a suspect who was fleeing the scene and firing his gun behind him. So a lot of people, in a lot of videos, you see somebody running, but also firing his gun behind him, which was hitting victims and, pe you know, people. He was one of the people that was firing his gun behind him. That was the gist of the main details outside of the fact that the people who were in that area on K and 10th, they said that some type of small fight broke out before shooting happened okay. between between all of the people that were just named. Go ahead. And so the the three that were on probably the gang related side that died were Devasia, Sergio, and who else? Joshua. Joshua. All right. And he is the one that rolled with Smiley and DeAndre. Smiley he was and DeAndre with the brothers. brothers. Yes. Okay. Got you. Okay. Yep. yep. So the six victims were killed in less than four minutes, like I told you. Mm -hmm. And Smiley, DeAndre, and Matula are facing more charges since they are all convicted felons who possess weapons. One of them, <laughs> one of them was out on bail from 2020 for a weapons charge, and then this happened. 
it makes me think, how was this person out on bail for three years? Like, how are you out on bail for three years? How does that happen? Yeah. When When is your court day? When did they, and it, I'm assuming since it's a 2020 charge and he was out on bail yeah, and of maybe the pandemic happened. Yes, but it's yeah. like, did y'all, I'm also thinking how, uh, how many other criminals are on the street committing yeah. more crimes because they were never, you, you guys thought that these were petty crimes and now they're doing, they get wrapped up in something like this. Because I'm like, people be waiting to go to trial for mad long. But I'm going to tell you who they didn't waste no time with. Who? Alec Murdoch. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, they sentenced that ass the next day. I feel like they was like, all right, Netflix, drop y'all shit. We going to wrap this motherfucker up in a couple of weeks. Y'all numbers going to get ran up and then we going to sit in his ass the next day. I could not believe how fast it happened. I haven't even had time to watch the show yet. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I didn't get to finish it either. By the time I watch this old news. This morning. So, you know, he allegedly, Buster allegedly killed that, that, um, the gay young man in 2021. Yes. Girl, his family cooking some stuff back up and it's bubbling. It's bubbling. So I'm going to tell you about that later. Okay, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so the trio, Smiley, DeAndre, and Matula, they are facing capital murder charges, meaning they could be up for the death penalty in California. When you're up for capital murder, you could be up for the death penalty. I'm just still kind of stooped that since the three victims, Sergio, Joshua, and DeVasia, were potentially involved in the gunfight that no one's ever going to be charged for their their murder i'm like is that legal i literally i literally was so baffled that that happened which makes me think like uh, by california law if you're a criminal then you're less than which yeah and i'm like you know california as like liberal as it's supposed to be it's it's a little uh, even with the whole three strikes thing yeah that was giving it's giving a little bit uh, republican to me <laughs> i'm like yeah it's, it's giving it's yeah it's giving florida it's giving texas it's giving yeah, alabama and Georgia. i'm like for one i'm like y'all literally have footage of who shot at who but y'all can't put charges on nobody for these three people because they was potentially shooting at somebody else and and there are there are some laws in some states where you know the dead can't be convicted but i'm like mm-hmm. at this point california if y'all not gonna charge nobody for the crime for the criminal's death y'all might as well charge the criminals for hold them to hold them up mm-hmm. to what they did because i feel like they deserve justice as well like yeah fair. i'm gonna read you a statement from president joe biden in response to to the shooting which i found was interesting i'm gonna read the entire statement and then i have a couple of questions mm-hmm. okay today america once again mourns for another community devastated by gun violence in a single act in sacramento six individuals left dead and at least a dozen more injured Families forever change. Survivors left to heal wounds, both visible and invisible. I want to thank the first responders in Sacramento and all of those across the United States who act every day to save lives. We know these lives were not the only lives impacted by gun violence last night, and we equally mourn for those victims and families who do not make national headlines. But we must do more than mourn. We must act. This is why my administration has taken historic executive action to implement my comprehensive gun crime reduction strategy from standing up gun trafficking strike forces to helping cities across the country expand community violence interventions and hire more police officers for community policing we also continue to call on congress to act ban ghost guns require background checks for all gun sales ban assault weapons and high capacity magazines repeal gun manufacturers immunity from liability 
pass my budget proposal, which would give cities more of the funding they need to fund the police and fund the crime prevention and intervention strategies that can make our city safer. These are just a few of the steps Congress urgently needs to take to save lives. Joe Robinette, as always, and if y'all don't know, and I'm always remind y'all, Joe Biden's middle name is Robinette. Robinette. Mm -hmm. You know, he called on Congress to pass measures to combat gun violence, but we didn't hear no follow-up. Every time these statements come out from the White House, it's, boom, here's this sad statement. Mm -hmm. Let's act now. Fund my budget. And similar statements came from Sacramento Mayor Steinberg and California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, soon after, you know, Joe gave his mm -hmm. statement. But Mandy, we haven't candidly conversed about mass shootings and gun control. And, I, and, yeah. and at this point, it's a disease that is unique to the United States. Like other countries yep. are literally ha 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 laughing mm -hmm. at us because we don't know mm -hmm. how to combat this. So what's the answer? What do we do? So this is an interesting question. I don't, you, so you know that, that muckraking class that we were in? Yeah. In grad school. And yeah. you remember we all had like a final like paper and like research paper we had to do. Mine yeah. was actually on mass shootings. Okay. I don't think I knew that. You didn't tell me that. Yeah. Um, mine was on mass shootings. And like you said, it, it is a problem that really is only happening in freaking America because other places have so many like unique gun laws that basically like, yeah, you can't have guns here. So like in Australia, they used to have guns, but then they started basically like a buyback program and the government was buying people's guns and it was for good money. And so people was like, oh yeah, see your guns. Y'all can take it because I'm... Yeah, I'm like, duh, people want bread. But my thing is like, you, guns are so attainable and like, it's not like they can only buy them legally at this point. So I don't even think it's a thing to like, oh, we need to get more police. Cause I'm like, Joe, that's going to open up a whole nother can of worms that we don't need. Like it, it's enough of them. Your budget proposal, yawn, yawn, yawn. Like, yeah. first of all, one thing that Joe brought up that I thought was interesting are ghost guns. I didn't know that there was a term for what a ghost gun is. So I'm going to read it to you real quick. Ghost guns are unserialized okay. and untraceable firearms that can be bought online and assembled at home. They're they are often sold through ghost gun kits. And I'm like, not juking. You know what automatically pops into my head? Like, oh, you know how you could buy a little airplane and assemble it at home? Like, mm -hmm. literally, probably so many of those airplanes get mass produced that they're just spread across, like, different manufacturers, different sellers. Mm -hmm. And you could do the same with guns? Like, that's crazy to me. But I'm like, like it's going to be really hard to regulate because you can even make a gun on a 3D printer. Yeah, this is true. And that's how that, I don't remember what, which killer it was, but the man with the bump stocks, the little boy, yeah. whoever... He was making that bitch at home on a printer. Literally printing it. Did he print the bullets too? I don't know what he did with the bullets, but I'm like, he made that bump stock himself. Like people are getting crafty and I, I don't know. I think it starts before like getting the police to arrest all these people with guns. Like we just need to have a candid conversation about guns in general. But I'm like, until I think guns often are like, People think that it's like, oh, it's a Republican or a Democrat problem. No, it's everybody's problem. Like, it, it really just baffles me that these children in white areas where, like, the population is probably mostly Republicans mm -hmm. are getting gunned down, murked at these schools mm -hmm. all the time. And they and are still like, let's go ahead and assemble these guns. Did you see yes. that video recently of the kids assembling guns? They're like, you guys are talking about, you know, wearing vest in the classroom. We're teaching our kids how to assemble the gun. Here's the thing, though, Becky, when they're getting shot at, they're not going to have a gun in front of them to assemble. It's mm -hmm. great that you taught your kid how to handle a gun. Like, sure, 
if that's what you want to do in your household. But you're telling me yeah. that still has nothing to do with a mass shooter coming into your kid's school and shooting them. They're not going to have a gun in front yeah. of them to assemble to use. Like, that was just so silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly, I think about this all the time because, you know, you said it right. It's a, it's a more complicated discussion than saying, like, let's ban guns. Like, what does that look like? And then you have people talking about the Constitution, which is ancient as fuck, and I want motherfuckers to stop reading it you know, the right to bear arms. And it's like, yeah, it, it, it starts there. Much. Like, let's start there. Like, let's start, let's, let's brush that old ass document off, update it, and then talk about how we can potentially regulate um, mm-hmm. gun control. Because right now it's going to get worse and worse. Anybody can get access to a gun. Like, and then you got, you got homeboy involved in this shooting who killed people and he was out on a gun possession charge. He was out on bail from a gun possession charge from 2020. And it's like, it's a domino effect. Like it literally, it's a domino effect. If we don't fix one thing, the next thing gets worse. It's interesting to me because, you know, when I think we we both kind of had the same notion, like when starting this podcast, we were like, yeah, we need to get something to protect ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I was looking into at the time outside of getting a firearm was also getting my medicinal card because I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get upper. <laughs> but did you know? That in the state of Maryland, you if, be you, yeah, yeah. if you have a, a, a license to get medicinal weed, you cannot get a gun license. And yeah. that is crazy to me. I'm like, what is the connection? How <laughs> does the two even compare? How does the two even compare? You got murderers ordering them on the fucking dark web and you're worried about me getting high having one? You have worse problems. You literally have worse problems. Bigger problems on your hands, bro. Bigger problems. Okay. Go ahead. I, I'm going to, I'm going to save this for, I'm going to save it for last. I have a question for you since you work at a school. What Mm -hmm. are your thoughts on like gun control and protection in the classroom? Like, are there any specific drills or measures you guys are taking right now? Cause you work at a high school. So what does that look like in Maryland? It's not taken seriously enough. And Mm -hmm. I don't girl, and I'm not in Maryland. I mean, I am, I work at a You technically in DC proper. In the district of Columbia. Yes, Yes. ma'am. You're right. And it is not taken seriously enough, especially for insurrections, all this other kind of stuff to be happening in D.C. It's just there's just not enough protection for the kids in general. Like, I'm going to tell you what happened at school this morning. I get a call at about 937 this morning. Mm -hmm. Four of our students robbed at gunpoint. First thing this morning, school starts at 9 a.m. They were robbed of all of their cell phones, coats and shoes. On school campus or near campus? Like, were they late to school walking? Within 500 feet of the school. Within 500 feet of the school. Was he in that neighborhood? That that same neighborhood? Mm-hmm. That area? Yo, that neighborhood need to get burned down. No, and we, girl, we, we we really in the trenches now. Like, oh, we're y'all, not are even, at the, y'all are at y'all real school now? Yeah. Oh, yeah, y'all like, in there. We are literally, and if y'all want to use Google, you can Google it, but I ain't going to say it on here. We are in D.C.'s most dangerous neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. the day before school, when we moved into the new building- Somebody got murdered literally on the sidewalk in front of our building. Like, it's just not safe over there in general. But saying all of that to say, I just don't think it's taken seriously enough. Prime example, my office that I have, like, if we have an intruder, baby, I'm dead. It has eight surrounding windows, floor to ceiling. There's no way in that office where I can hide. You ain't got no, you need to get you a a cage or something. (laughs) You need to get you one of them backpacks. One of the bulletproof Why are you laughing at me? I'm dead ass. You need to get you a cage where you can open like, up the door and block one of the windows. I got to do something because, like, the security is just not. It, it, it's not. And the secure. windows are the windows are not bulletproof, right? Girl, no. no. Okay, can I ask you a real question? Like, what was mm-hmm. the premise of putting this school in this neighborhood? 
because you guys were in a for 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 background mm-hmm. amanda works at a high school she was in a temporary building up until yeah up until when? january january so this school had been being prepared for what four or five years or probably longer mm-hmm. than that so we the school um was established in 2018 we moved into our temporary space in 2019 we didn't move into our permanent space until january of 2023 so that's correct so what was the premise of putting it in this neighborhood is this it seems kind of backwards like it seems like you guys put the mm -hmm. not you guys but like the administration you know the yeah it's 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 district of columbia public schools yeah yeah them them motherfuckers they put this in a dangerous place (laughs) but also didn't implement safety measures to keep they didn't they didn't school it seems backwards it's very backwards so they moved us to this neighborhood because the mayor said you know like basically this is the side of town it's east of the river ward seven Mm -hmm. and eight so they said we needed to move the school towards seven and eight because there was no school basically of this caliber east of the river Mm-hmm. They wanted to give African-American students a chance to get the same opportunity. They didn't say this verbatim, but this is what, what they meant. Mm-hmm. They wanted to give mm-hmm. the black kids east of the river the same opportunities that the white and Asian and, you know, whomever kids eat north of the river, west of the river, whatever, get up, you know, uptown. So in northwest, northeast, whatever. Cool. Okay. That's that's really the reason why I signed on board. I'm like, you know, I'm all about helping the black kids, mm-hmm. making sure that they advance because they really, we really don't get the same opportunities as the white kids, which we all know. Yeah. So moving right along, they moved us into the temporary space and then like we got moved even deeper into the trenches. But the thing is they're gentrifying that area. Mm-hmm. So I think when they moved us over there, they were thinking big picture long-term. So mm-hmm. it's still really unsafe now, but, but I would think mm-hmm. in the next like four or five years, that area is going to look completely different because like right now, I wish you could see where my old office was. I was like, yeah, now y'all got to move me. My window was facing a bando. Like it literally is an abandoned building. You can see inside of there. It'd be people in there that don't need to mm-hmm. be in there doing God knows what. Like the other day I saw this man outside. Um <laughs> outside the window on the front side of the building he had on um, a sweatsuit with a trash bag and he was peeing in the tree so i already knew i said yeah he just got off the slammer like the area is is od but down the street like y'all is destitute over there it's it's really really bad and it's also across from like an old insane asylum so do the kids actually live in this area some of them do but a lot of them don't and a lot of them a lot of their parents are just like I really don't love the neighborhood, but they like the school and the benefits that the school has. Mm -hmm. So I would say within a mile of the school, they just put a Lidl, Mm -hmm. an Ann Pizza, a Tropical Smoothie, a Starbucks. What else is over there? Roaming Rooster, a Chipotle. All of this stuff that you know, you like, oh, I smell a little gentrification coming. Smell a little high rise on the way, mm-hmm. but then it's going to be a bigger problem because then it's going to yep. be this area is, is going to be surrounded with high rises and people that don't look like the students who are going to the school. And then you have a problem with them interfacing and being mm-hmm. in another neighborhood that doesn't fit them. Like yep. that is just so backwards to me. Instead of just making Sorry. affordable housing and letting and in, in literally investing in the families with the kids, that are already like, not even yep. just. You literally like it doesn't make any sense or also just serve the community what do the kids in that area need right now yep not thinking big picture not thinking justification like serve them right now and you'll get to the rest well child 
I'm going to bring it back to Sacramento. I'm going to give you one random fact that I found out about this case that I don't know why it just made me okay. kiki. And I have some questions for you too. Kiki. Okay. I'm going to give you this and then we can get back. So remember Allie and AJ, you know, the Disney, the Disney channel. Yes, um, the sisters. Yes. So they performed at Crest Theater in Sacramento the night of the shooting. Their tour bus got caught in the crossfire, but luckily no one in their group was hurt. This was just so random to me. I'm like, what were y'all doing in Sacramento doing a show? And what were, what also, were people paying to see that? But also, remember they um, potential breakup song? Remember they re-released that? I think it was last year, or maybe it was t- the tail end of 2021. They re-released it with curse words in it. Because, you know, when they first released that song, there were no curse words in it because they were kids and it was on Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. But you got to listen to it. The way they be, they be throwing fucking damn in there, I'm cracking up. It's on my playlist, though. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> I love me some Ali and AJ. But yeah, also, what were they doing in Sacramento that night? Disney Channel. I saw this clip of Nick Jonas singing "Jealous" instead of what's the little brother name? The cute brother, or was it Joe? Joe was singing it instead of Nick. Okay, marked it. I said, yeah, he should have never let his brother on that song. He sounded <laughs> so good, bro. And I'm like, Nick be sounding good, like, but Joe. Yeah. Oh dang! I'm gonna have to listen to it. I'm gonna have to listen to it. You know he be ki- he be chilling. He be kicking it. So I was like, oh, I like that. Okay, did you find out how how like these people knew each other at all? Like Devasha oh, and Matula, like what was their relationship? No, how did they possibly and- know Sergio? Were they any of them gang affiliated? Like. This is just so random. Like, why were they out there shooting each other? The only thing I found out is they are all gang, the gang affiliated, and it involves the Bloods and the Crips. I'm just like, police is not the only gangs you know. Because, you know, now it's factions within the Bloods and the Crips. So I'm not sure. But also, they haven't went to, it's unclear if they're going to, um, if they're going to plead guilty, if there's going to be a trial. Because, you know, this just happened a year ago. So once that unfolds, um, in Sacramento, they be put in the, uh, they be put in the court proceedings on YouTube. So, girl, we can watch it. Perfect. Don't you worry. Okay. Don't I like you worry. That. So, I'm going to wrap it up here. I, I don't think it's ever going to get easy covering these type of things. And we would love to hear you guys' opinions on mass shootings, gun control, and what we need to do in America to mm-hmm. really get this shit under control. Thank you for listening to The Point of No Return. Not this girl got a flow chart. <laughs> I'm Michelle Graham. And I'm Amanda Washington. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.